your addict and bring fleas into your house, chew through wires, like they're horrible. And yet we have little contraptions where we'll feed them and, and give them little rocking chairs and little houses and uh, it, it's horrible. And, and we kill rats and on the same aisle, it'll be like squirrel feeder, rat poison. It's like, y'all, it's a fluffy tail, kill them all. Uh, that's the only difference. Why am I telling you about squirrels? Because in our backyard, we have an oak tree and therefore a lot of squirrels. But uh, this oak tree, like it, it's, it's sprawling. It's been there a long time. Uh, and there are parts of it that if it fell, it would, it would like knock out half of our bedroom. I mean, it's a, it's a big, heavy oak tree. And so I was like, I've had people come over and they're like, what are you gonna do about that? And I'm like, about what? And they're like, that tree, man, you gotta get that thing like suspended with those wires and trimmed down and harnessed. And we're new to the house. We've had it like three or four years. I'm like, all right. Because I need to call somebody, they're like, you need to call an arborist. I'm like, an arborist? What is, no, no, I need a dude with a chainsaw. What is an arborist? And they're like, you know, this is a Texas thing, I guess. You know, somebody that went to A&M and they have a master's in arborology. And I'm like, no, no, I need, so nobody, no whoops. Uh, you're like, not when I'm making fun of it. Uh, this arborist comes out. I'm like, all right. I'll call the arborist because I don't want to kill this oak tree. Fine. Like that would be even worse if I killed the tree. So he comes out and, uh, you know, he looks at it and he's like, that's going to cost, you know, 400 bucks. I'm like, that's why we don't call arborists. I get on Amazon, I buy a pole saw for a hundred dollars and I'm out there and my wife's like, please just pay the arborist. I don't want you dead. But as the arborist, which I already think is a scam because it's going to cost $400 for one tree, is, he's like, well, let's go check out the front now. And I'm like, whatever. And he walks around to the, through the side yard and he goes, whoa, what are you going to do about that? And I'm like, okay, now I know it's a scam. It's a bush. I water that bush. I'm like, what am I going to do about that? Is this a joke? And he's like, you got to take care of that. Like as if that's a bigger problem than the house that could, you know, that could be crushed by this tree. And I was like, I'm just going along with it. I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? arborist. <laughs> and he's like, you got to take it out. You know, he's like all business geeked out about being an arborist. Do we have any arborists in the room? Have I just offended you? <laughs> I should have asked that up front. He, the guy that just walked out, he's like, I'm going to chainsaw you. Uh, he goes, uh, that's not a bush. You shouldn't be watering that. I'm like, why? He's like, well, it's an oak tree. I'm like, you're kidding me. It's like, literally, I've been watering an oak tree that's adjacent to my house, uh, like a lot. And it's grown up and I'm just trimming it so it doesn't mash up the roof as it grows up. I'm like, this is the best bush. It grows so well in the Texas heat. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that thing. He's like, a squirrel probably put that there. You're like, why did you talk about squirrels? He's like, a squirrel probably planted that there 10 years ago and just didn't come and get it. And now it's, it's gonna wreck your foundation. It's gonna crack your walls. Your doors won't shut. And I'm like, where do I sign? because he's just foretold what has happened inside our house. I'm like, I don't know why, but that's out of the house. Like the, the kitchen, there's like cracks in the drywall, the separation between the ceiling and the walls, our garage door, you have to like lift it and shimmy it to shut it. Um, the, the garage door, when you, when you open it, it sounds like someone is strangling a donkey. It's like, Aah! the neighbors are like, what are they doing over there? I don't know, like our whole house on that side is messed up and I'm like, He's right. It's that freaking tree that I thought was a bush. Who's the idiot that's been watering it? 
And so he gives me then another quote for that and the front yard. And I'm like, I, you know, I should have tipped him because I took his tip. Uh, I, I took heed to what he told me um, is that that squirrel planted a nut and it had destroyed my house. Not completely, but it was messing it up in big ways and, and ruining the functionality of doors and garage doors and, and the aesthetics of it. Um, and it was creating more problems because a squirrel planted a nut. Shoot squirrels, kill them, rat poison for squirrels. But here's the thing, we're all rats with fluffy tails. We're cute little rats with fluffy tails. And this is where I lose people, you're like, you son of a, you called me a rat? I'm out. It's what we are. We are cute little beings, you know, you fell in love with your spouse, and we plant these nuts that bust up the house. We plant nuts of resentment, of sin struggles, and then we water them. We just keep on like adding gas to the fire. And, and like me, unknowingly, that we are the one that has actually planted the nut that's messing up the house and it's not functioning right and the aesthetics are getting all messed up because of something we did, we didn't even know. Like I needed somebody else to point out to me, that's a problem. I was watering it. I didn't even know. I was blind to it until someone came in and was like, hey, what are you gonna do about that? And then I could do something about it because pride is blinding. Second point up there. You know, we got sin's inevitable. You got, you got two people that are living in the same house who may be saved by grace, but you still sin. And so you are rats with fluffy tails that are just burying nuts within the house that are messing things up. And pride is blinding. So we don't even see it. You don't see your own stuff. When I got something in my teeth, I'm like smiling and glad handing and hey, hey. And finally, somebody that loves me is like, hey, uh, something sick in your teeth. What did you have for lunch? And they actually love me by telling, I'm not mad at them for telling me. I'm mad at the people that didn't tell me all day long till five o'clock. But the one who tells me actually loves me. The one who points out, what are you gonna do about that bush uh, that's actually a tree that's gonna wreck your house? And in the same way, pride is blinding. We don't see it. Other people, namely our spouse, uh, isn't that a real delight? Uh, that they are the ones that live so closely to us. They're the ones that like, hey, what are you gonna do about that? That is a problem. They're the ones that can help us see through that blinding pride. It's why I need Laura. Um, Laura is the most sanctifying source that the Lord has given uh, to shape me more to the image of Christ. And it's not really pleasant. But when she says like, you're kind of being a jerk or why are you being short with me? Um, or are, are we okay and I'm like, yeah, we're okay. When inside, I'm like, no, you're annoying me. But I haven't told her. And she feels the coldness. Um, she helps me to see, man, it's not a bush. There, there's a problem there. And it's disrupting the house. And burying it isn't an option. We think like out of sight, out of mind. That was, that was years ago. Why are you bringing that up now? Time doesn't heal all wounds. Time makes wounds worse. Ask any Civil War soldier. Uh, Gangrene was a real thing. They got wounded. It didn't get better in those days. Uh, they got gangrene and it either killed them or they lost a limb. And so time does not heal all wounds. Time makes wounds worse. And the other thing that we do, if we don't just like ignore it, is we're like, oh, I'm such a godly person. I just overlook the offense. But, but you don't. You're like, I overlook the offense. I keep it in my day planner or in my iPhone. I keep a list of it. You forgot to take out the trash. You didn't gas up my car. You nagged at me when you came home or when I came home. And we like have this running list of offenses that we've overlooked until the list gets too long. And then we're like, you know what? And we unroll the scroll. 
here's the offenses I've overlooked. You did this, you did that, you did this. Or someone says to us, our spouse will say, hey, um, can we talk to you about something? Like, this really hurt me when you did this. And you're like, oh, really? You want to talk? <laughs> you want to talk offenses? How much time you got? Sit down. Let me tell you about the offenses you have. And all of a sudden, you didn't overlook them. You've been burying those nuts or watering them, and they've been disrupting the house. Burying them is not an option. That's the problem. So what's the solution? The solution is, here on this next slide, is forgiveness. That's the solution, period, is forgiveness. We've got to forgive. If we don't, uh, it's gonna bring a lot of disruption. No one has to tell us that. I'm not here to remind you of the inevitable and the obvious. You're like, I know that. Um, but forgiveness is it, and we all need to be reminded of it. Um, I ask my wife for forgiveness inevitably, weekly, sometimes daily. I probably need to daily and shouldn't, but it's a relational discipline. Whenever you're in church, you hear a lot about the spiritual disciplines. It's like, oh, your quiet time and your time with God, time in prayer, time in the Word, solitude, silence, fasting, meditation. Those are all like real good, feel-good stuff, you know? Um, and P.S., has anybody ever been having like time with the Lord and your spouse walks up and you're like, what? Like, I'm trying to read. It's like... Well, keep reading because you need it, jerk. Like, uh, like that stuff's good. Those are spiritual disciplines. Those are the vertical ones. The relational disciplines are the really hard ones. Like you and God, that's not too messy. But there's these relational disciplines between each other that God commands us to do. And those are difficult. Those are really disciplines. Like I don't like working out. Uh, these relational disciplines, they're like the hard ones. That's like the eat your broccoli stuff. Um, and that's like, admonish each other, forgive each other, um, encourage one another daily, like this difficult stuff that you're like, man, it's hard though with my spouse or people in community. Like it's easy with you, God, because you don't like send thunderbolts, but um, it's hard with people that can, you know, see my junk too. It's hard, but it's good and it's necessary. And one of the most core, one of those relational disciplines, the horizontal ones with other people is forgiveness. To uh, offer it, and ask for it. Um, you're killing me. How many times have you thought this about your spouse? Like, you are killing me what you're doing. It's not actually your spouse. It's, it's your pride. Your pride is killing you. Your pride is much more deadly than any other sin struggle that you have. And one surefire way to kill your pride that is killing you is to ask for forgiveness. And it is hard, man. Those words coming up coming out of your mouth, it's the most painful, like there is a wrestle in your soul to actually ask for forgiveness. But that is one thing that will kill the pride that is actually killing you, is to ask for forgiveness. So it's hard, but it's good. And so we gotta do this early and often, asking for forgiveness. It says in Matthew, Jesus says in Matthew 5, 23 through 24, he says, if you're offering your gift there at the altar, which is just, you know, back in the day, there was the temple, they would offer their gifts at the temple. He says, if you're offering your gift there at the altar, and now we do that through singing praise, we do it through giving and serving and worship, and there's all sorts of things we can do to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. So we're offering our, our act of worship to God. He says, if you're doing that and you remember and we'll say spouse, because we're in re-engaged, that your spouse has something against you. He says, leave your gift at the altar, translated, stop worshiping me and go be reconciled to your spouse, then come worship me. God says, I, I, if, look, like stop worshiping me when you got breakdown between you and your spouse. I, I, I don't want your act of worship right now. What I want is your act of worship to go be reconciled to your spouse. Go be reconciled to them, then come worship me. Because you know what? If you were in Christ, 
Nothing can separate you from the love of God, period. Nothing, ever, ever, if you have trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. So God's looking down and he's like, hey, we're good. You don't need to offer me that worship right now. We're good, I'm not going anywhere. But your spouse on the other hand, like there's a break there in the fellowship and relationship. So, so go do that and then let's, then let's worship. So um, that is what's good to do. And how do we do it? So let's talk about how before we break. If that's the solution, is to ask for forgiveness, then this is how we would do it. And, and I'm not a smart guy, and so I need help remembering things. And it's a rut ABC, like when you're stuck in a rut relationally with your spouse. When you're in a rut, go back to the basics, the ABCs. That's what you do. When you're stuck in a rut, you go back to the basics. That's how you can remember this, rut ABC. Um, and in case you need some help, we actually made up a little card for you. Because what I didn't want to happen is you'd be like, oh, I need to take notes on this, write ABC, because then you're going to be culpable. Your spouse will be like, I know you're writing that down. You needed to write that down. You need to put that into practice. They'll be like all nudging you. So everybody gets one because we all need it. So you're going to get it on your way out. Here's what it is. Because um, this is, this is, if you're like, why do you have to have a lesson on how to ask for forgiveness? That's stupid. Like, I just tell me. How to, uh, here's why. Because we're so prideful, this is what we say. Well, I'm sorry, Okay. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not perfect. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not God. Well, I'm sorry, you're not perfect either. And it's like, that's helpful. But that's what we say. Like we're, we turn into like little three-year-olds. I do, at least. I think, I think I'm like other people. Uh, we just like become so, when we're caught in sin or when we do something to hurt someone else, we like, we're, we're ashamed of it. So we become like vindictive and poisonous about it. And I'm sorry, like, my wife and I, if we fall into that ditch and we're like, we're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the other person rightly responds, I'm sorry too. That sucks. I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm sorry that happened as well. And like something, like you're sorry, I'm sorry. You just sinned against me. That, it hurts. Uh, or we'll say, I'm sorry, but... Or if you're like more sanctified, you'll say, well, please forgive me. Excuse me? Like you just sinned against me and now you're, you're telling me what to do? Oh, 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 please forgive me? You're commanding me to forgive you? It's like, no, shut up. You just sinned against me? Don't tell me what to do. That, that would be an appropriate response. Just because you attach please to it, forgive me? I don't have to forgive you. Now you're just telling me please to like clean it up and soften it? That's like saying, please shut up. It's like they negate each other. It doesn't work. Uh, so, Please forgive me doesn't work. If there's not a question mark on the end of it, you have not asked for forgiveness. So just like get that in your mind. It's got to be a question. If it's not a question, it's not good. So here's how you do it. Recognize the wrong. Uh, this would look like, um, I'm trying to think what one is that uh, Laura told me recently. We were on a date night. This is great. You're on a date night. And she's like telling me things that are on her date night list that she wanted to talk through. And I'm just like, dude, the service here stinks which was a restaurant she chose. I'm like, the food's too expensive. The service stinks. Look at this place is empty. And I just like, I mean, I nosedived the date, like ruined it. And even as she's going through her date night list, I'm like looking around, like, you know, checked out. And she's just like, do you even want to be with me? And, and truthfully, the answer was kind of no. I was like, I was like, I don't know. This, this is miserable. I don't like this place. I'm just spending $40 on a expensive bad meal and you just want to talk through these administrative items. Like I was in a sour place. She knew it. Girls can see right through that stuff. It's x-ray, spiritual vision. It's creepy, but it's helpful. And uh, 
So recognize the wrong. I was like, I was like, yeah, you're right, sweetheart. I have been short. Understand the hurt is saying like, I know it probably um, really stunk to be sitting on a date night and me be checked out and talking bad about the place that you wanted to go. She's pregnant and wanted Italian, so I should have just loved that. And uh, I should have understood the hurt. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that, I'm sure that is, like, really disappointing that we look forward to this date night every week and I just, like, disparage the place we came to. Um, are there other ways? And, and seek to understand, understand her hurt. And then T, take responsibility. This is my, like, bad area of improvement because what I want to say is, well, I reacted that way because you did this. That's not taking responsibility. That's like boomeranging the blame. Uh, instead, I just take responsibility. It's like, you're right. Um, it was wrong of me to talk about the restaurant that way and the place that you chose, regardless of the service and the food and it was too expensive or whatever. Like, don't, that, it's not, that's not the point. The point is, I was like being a jerk about the place she chose and thinking it was too much and all that. So I take responsibility, period, and no, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, but's not a good plan for anything. Um, and then A, ask for forgiveness. Again, put it in the form of a question. Uh, will you please forgive me? I'm sorry, will you please forgive me? And then after you ask the question, just shut up. Like, don't say anything else. If you keep talking, you're likely to just unravel the whole thing. So just stop and, and let them actually forgive you or respond so that you don't further agitate them and that they can actually extend to you grace and say, yes, grace, I forgive you. Um, which by the way is your proper response uh, if someone asks you for forgiveness. And the reason why, uh, oh, sorry, in BC, behavior change. Because here, finish this statement for me. I know you're sorry, but what I really want is for you to change. It's like, we want, like, hey, I get it, you're sorry. I just want you to change. Like, stop doing that thing that you do every week for the whole time we've been married. Like, I get it that you're sorry, I forgive you, but would you just change? Like, can you stop that? That's what they want. And so BC behavior changes. So what that looks like is like, hey, sweetheart, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to my community group about that. I'm gonna invite them to hold me accountable. And, and that's not who I wanna be as a husband. So will you pray for me? And they may say, oh yeah, I've been praying for 10 years that you change. Uh, but you can say that, like behavior change. Like, that's not who I want to be. And these are the steps, I'm, you know, I'm going to put a filter on my phone and computer. Or I'm not going to, uh, you know, when you come home, I'm going to ask you how your day was instead of nag you right out of the door. Or I'm not going to, you know, whatever it may be, behavior change. And the reason why forgiveness is important, just in case you don't have enough incentive yet, uh, from the squirrel eating Missouri boy, is that forgiveness, Jesus says, if you don't forgive, your God in heaven won't forgive you. That's kind of scary. Uh, now, in case you think like, wait, is that some false teaching? We're here in a church. I thought God forgives. Like, that's what he does. That's why he sent Jesus. What he's saying is, is if you don't forgive, that's probably an indicator that you are not born again and have received the forgiveness that God has extended. If you're so vindictive and bitter and resentful that you can't forgive others, that may be an indication that you yourself have not been forgiven by God. Meaning, you haven't trusted in Jesus who died for your sins and rose from the dead, that you might be forgiven. It says in Ephesians 4.32, forgive as you have been forgiven through Christ Jesus your Lord. Be imitators of God who forgave you of your sin. 
And so that's why we forgive. That's the source of our forgiveness. It's like, man, who am I to not forgive you? If you ask me for forgiveness, how could I not forgive you after all that I have been forgiven for through Jesus? Of course, of course I forgive you. Now that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that you like have amnesia and you forget. Uh, It doesn't mean that trust might not need to be reestablished. But Jesus says, you forgive every time someone offends you or hurts you. That's what we do as followers of Christ. And if you don't, you need to receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and understand if you are in him. You remember that oak tree that was in our backyard, our side yard? Uh, It was like the arborist had left. I was getting in bed. And all of a sudden, I'm like laying there. I don't know if it was on my phone or book. And all of a sudden, I'm like, Oh, like throw off the covers, put on my running shorts, head outside. And Laura's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm gonna go cut down a tree. And she's like, what? I was like, and I go to the side yard, I got my little bandsaw. <laughs> you know, sun's going down, it's almost dark out, sawdust all over me, cut down the tree and I'll go back inside. And she's like, did you have to do that right now? And I'm like, yeah, it's been there for three years. If I didn't do it tonight, I wouldn't have done it. Like we'd have more foundation problems. I'll tell you that to say, tonight is the night. You don't wait. You don't think, ah, it'll be there tomorrow. Tonight's the night. And if you're sitting there thinking, (laughs) that's right, preacher, you tell my spouse to ask my forgiveness. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Uh, You be the one. You go first. You go first. Take the log out of your own eye. And if you're like, man, but mine's only the 2%. They did the 98% offense. You own 100% of you 2% and go and ask for forgiveness and make it a race, man. You be the first one to do it. Be the first one in your group. Be the first one in the car on the way home. Be the first one before you get to your group. You be the one to go first and ask for their forgiveness. Um, Ask the Lord to show you, like, Lord, what is it? Or even more bold, ask your spouse, honey, what do I need to ask your forgiveness for? There's gotta be something and go first and cut that tree down tonight. It ain't a bush, it's a tree, it's wrecking your house. Some little squirrel, you, your rat with a fluffy tail, planted it there, cut it down by asking for forgiveness. And what that will do is it will mend all that house. And uh, you do it early and often. When I went out to cut that tree, I was like, son of a gun, these squirrels. They, I, all of a sudden now I noticed little oak saplings everywhere, but I don't have to cut them down. I just pull them out and they dry up and die. When they're small, if you do this early and often, they're easy, you yank them out, it's not hard. So make this a discipline that you do, daily, weekly, as often as it takes, uh, and the Lord will bless it. God bless you all, have a great night.